Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to Connection Church. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. Hope you're surviving the frigid weather and your pipes didn't freeze uh, like ours and you're surviving. But man, we're excited to be here tonight to uh, celebrate Jesus uh, and talk a little bit about Christmas. And so uh, tonight I got some special helpers here with me uh, that are going to come out um, and read the Christmas story uh, to us. So if I can get them to come out real quick, we have Murphy and we have Ian and we have Elizabeth, if you guys want to come out and they're going to read out of uh, their Christmas uh, or their uh, Jesus storybook Bible for us, uh, the story of Jesus. And so let's listen to the word of God. Go ahead, Murphy. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas would have roared, trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in, and when no one was looking in the darkness, he came. There's a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared. Right there in her bedroom, he was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait. God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angels had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full, every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in the stable amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw. They used the animal's feeding trough as a cradle. And they gazed in wonder at, wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because, of course, he had. All right, y'all give it up for them. 
Let's pray together. Father, we love you, and God, we are so grateful uh, this uh, tonight as we celebrate Christmas, and God, we celebrate uh, the fact that you came to be with us, and God, you left the riches of heaven uh, to come here and live a life uh, destined to be killed, God, so so that we could have a relationship with you. And so, God, I pray just in the hustle and bustle of Christmas that we would not lose sight of that. And God, you would just help us this morning as, or this tonight as we open your word and we dig into it. Uh, God, that you would just speak to our hearts. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it is kind of easy uh, in the busyness of this season to, to lose track of, of, of what this is truly about. And as Christians, uh, we have to fight uh, to do that in a world that wants to point us in every direction to teach our kids uh, in every direction what Christmas is all about. Uh, it is important that we take time to reflect and worship God. And so I'm thankful that you guys are here tonight and I'm thankful that you are taking uh, time out of, your, uh, out of the Christmas season to gather together uh, and worship. And we, tonight, you know, I really just want us to fix our eyes and our minds on Christ and what he's done for us and, and who he came uh, to be and what we're truly celebrating. And so in Matthew chapter one, verses 22 and 23, God's word tells us that all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the prophet Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And tonight, uh, as we worship together, I want us to consider a very, very important uh, question, perhaps the most important question uh, that one could ever ask uh, in a Christmas season, but not just at Christmas anytime, because the answer to this question really unlocks uh, the heart of God in a very powerful, very personal uh, way. And so what is the question? Well, the question is this, why did God leave the comforts and the riches of heaven uh, to come to earth as a baby in a manger Uh, to be born in a barn, a very humble uh, beginning amongst a sinful people that would ultimately uh, kill him on a cross? Why would God do something like this? And that's an incredible uh, question to uh, think about. If you're in the room and you're a believer, you've probably thought about this question. If you're here and you're, you're not, and you've uh, never thought about Jesus in a way that uh, is beyond your imagination, well, the scriptures give us an incredible picture of God through the person of Jesus Christ. And tonight, I want to talk to you about three reasons Uh, that Jesus uh, came. The first is that Jesus came uh, to be near us. Uh, Our God is a relational God. And Christmas and what we celebrate with the birth of Jesus is the fact that God sent Jesus to come and be near to us. He could have chose to stay far off, but he chose to come and be near his people. Secondly, Jesus came to be an example for us, to set an example uh, for us. You know, the book of uh, Hebrews teaches us that Jesus is uh, the, the exact representation of God himself. He is God. He's the second person of the Trinity. And so if we want to look uh, and see who God is or look and see how we as Christians should live our life, the best place to look is to the person of Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, Jesus came to die in our place. Uh, there is no other way for salvation. Christ had to come and live the perfect life and then die the death that we deserve, take on the full wrath of God, 
Now through faith in him, we can receive salvation. We can receive reconciliation as a gift uh, back to God. And so let's talk about these three things as we worship together uh, tonight. The first is that Jesus came near to us. And this is probably the thing that blows me away uh, the most about our God, that he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to come. And honestly, we didn't really deserve him uh, to come. He created us. And so this is a direct reflection of his glory. He had every right to stay in heaven. He had every right to judge us in our sin. He had every right to keep his distance, but he did not. He chose to become man. He chose to put on flesh. He chose to step out of a perfect heaven and into a sinful world. He chose to come near and dwell with his people. This is what the word Emmanuel means. God is with us. John chapter one, verse 14 teaches it this way. It says the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and full of truth. You see, all throughout the Old Testament, if you read it from Genesis to Malachi, we see a God that cannot be touched. He cannot be, uh, people can't get near this God. Moses couldn't come near him. Moses couldn't come near the burning bush. Isaiah could see his, him feeling, filling the, the temple with glory in the robe of his uh, coat, feeling the temple, but, but Isaiah couldn't see his face or come near to him. Isaiah couldn't come near the mountain. Anytime God was speaking on the mountain, no one could come near I think about Uzzah in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel. He just touched, uh, he touched, uh, I mean, he touched the ark and he just died. God's judgment just consumed him and killed him. Even the priest in the Old Testament could only come into the presence of God once a year. And then there was always a constant threat of death when they were in there. In the Old Testament, is really a story of people not being able to freely come near to God because of his holiness and because of their sin. And listen to me, the glory of Christmas, the glory of the incarnation is that God himself has come near to us. For Jesus to be swaddled in a manger and put into a manger meant that God would be able to be touched. For, for Jesus, for the shepherds to come and, and praise God for a savior that was born meant that God could be seen. We could come close enough to him to now see him. This holy, holy, holy God that Isaiah saw on his throne has condescended, taking on human flesh, living with, speaking with, and touching sinners like you and I. And this is exactly what we mean when we say, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. God is with us. Do not miss God's grace and God's mercy in this story of Christmas that God the Son has come near so that we might have access to God the Father so that we can see him, so that we can touch him, so that we can know him, so that we can now walk in a relationship with Christ. Listen to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. John said it very well when he said this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Listen, the life appeared, that's Jesus. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. 
We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And listen, and we write this to make our joy complete. You see, 1 John 5, 12, John would go on to say that whoever has the Son has life, and whoever doesn't have the Son, Jesus, does not have life. And Jesus came near to be near to us. That's what he came to do. He came uh, to be near because he wants to be known. Jesus came so that you and I can know him and have fellowship with him and walk with him. And in that, we find life and we find fullness of joy. Wow, what a God. There's no other God in any other religion that does that. Every other God wants us to climb the ladder to try to get to him. We got to be good enough. We got to do enough good things. We got to be from the right group of people or all these things. We got to climb these, this ladder to, to earn our way to God. But the God of the Bible chose to come down the ladder to us because he knew we could never get to him. And he climbed the ladder for us so that now we could be reconciled back to him. So the only question for this point is, is, do you know him? Is God near you? Is he near to you? Do, you? do you have a relationship with this God? Do not miss the point of Christmas. Number two, Jesus came to set an example for us. He came to not only reveal God to us. I mean, Hebrews tells us that he's the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact representation of God's being. And I love this because Jesus didn't just teach us with words. He showed us through action. He came to this earth for 33 years and he modeled for us how to live. Has anyone ever told you uh, this statement? Do what I do, do what I say, but not as I do. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Hey, listen to what I say, but don't act like I act. That's actually a terrible uh, leadership statement and a terrible leadership quality. And I'm thankful that our God is not like that, not Jesus. Jesus uh, not only said, listen to what I say, but he also said, follow me and do what I do. I love the way the author Max Licato, pastor, says it this way. He says, Christianity in its purest form is nothing more than seeing Jesus. Christian service in its purest form, when you boil it down to its bottom, is nothing more than imitating Jesus who we see. To see his majesty and to imitate him, that is the sum of Christianity. If you want to know who God is, if you want to know about Christ, look no further than Jesus. I love the way Paul says it in Philippians 2, verses 3 through 11. He says it this way, verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Listen, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient 
to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, Jesus modeled for us the perfect Christian life. A life of love for God, a life of love for others. He lived a life on mission. It was a life of humility, of obedience, of service, of, of worship. It was a life of surrender to the Father's will. And as the Christian in this room, there's not a more important example for us to follow. You see, this is the essence of Christianity. Knowing God, knowing Christ, and becoming like Christ. And so Jesus came to set an example. And so the question becomes, are you following in his example? Not only do you, do you walk in a relationship with him, do you understand he came to provide nearness and to be near us, but do you know that he came to set an example for you and I? The biggest mistake that we could ever make as a Christian is taking our eyes off of Christ. Not only the fact that he came, but also the life that he lived. He's got this thing rigged that everything, literally everything in the Christian life is fueled by one thing, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Salvation, fix your eyes on Christ. Look to Christ. Growth in the Christian life. Abide in Christ. Look to Christ. Allow him to make his home in you. Fighting sin. The secret to fighting sin in our life is to have a better yes, and that better yes is seen when we see Christ for the treasure that he is. The idea of worship is seeing Jesus for who he is and giving him the value and the glory and the worship that he uh, deserves. So don't miss it. This is what Christmas is all about. Number three, Jesus came to die in our place. You see, this is the message of the gospel. Jesus was born to die. Let that sink in. He, he was born on this earth to die. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21, Paul says it this way. He says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isaiah chapter 53, verse five and six, it says that Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. This is why John the Baptist in John chapter one, verse 29 proclaimed this. He said, behold, as he was in the water baptizing, Jesus walks up and he says, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This is why John tells us in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but receive and have eternal life. You see, Christ came to die so that you and I could find life. You know, Christ was born so that you and I could be born again. This is why he came. This is who he is. Jesus paid it all and all to him we owe that sin had left a crimson stain, but now he's washed it as white as snow. 
And that's the good news of the gospel for us here today. I'm trying to spare y'all my coffin. And because of this good news, we can join with the angels in Luke chapter two, who said on Christmas, do not be afraid because we have good news that causes great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to us and he is the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting on. He is the Lord. And today that's what we celebrate. And this is what Christmas is all about. Good news of great joy for all people. And tonight, if you're in this room and you're not a believer, I want you to understand that this is good news. This is great joy and you're all people. And so you count Christ came. And when he came, he came with you in mind when he died on a cross. He died to bring you close to him. He died to draw you into a relationship. And when he was murdered on the cross, he was murdered for, for your sin. God punished him for you and I. And when we come to grips with this, it does something in our hearts. The spirit of God says it, it cuts us to the point where we say, well, Lord, what should I do now? And the Bible says we should repent. We should turn from living for ourselves and turn from our sin and trust in Christ and become a Christian and become a believer and live the life that Christ has asked each of us to live. And it comes as a gift of his grace. We can't earn it. It's just something that we receive. And Christmas is the time of gift giving. And the greatest gift of the Christmas season is the gift of salvation through Christ. And if you're a Christian in this room today, I want us to celebrate and I want us to worship. And I want to do that in a very special and tangible way. And so when you came in the room uh, tonight, you should have received uh, a little communion cup. Did everybody get one of these? If you don't have one, if you raise your hand, we'll have some people uh, that'll come down. We got a few in the room that, that didn't. If you're a Christian in the room, definitely have these. If you're not a Christian, I'd ask that you withhold from doing this. The Bible says that it's not for you. And one of the things that Jesus did with his disciples before he was betrayed, before he went to the cross, is he took them into an upper room and he... He, 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 gave, he broke a piece of bread and he gave a piece of bread to each of them. And he said, hey, I want you to remember me. And at this point, they didn't really know what was gonna happen to Jesus. I think some of them maybe knew and had kind of an inkling of what the Old Testament said would, would happen to the Savior, but most of them were convinced that he was gonna set up uh, his kingdom. And so Jesus was foreshadowing to them what he came to do, which was die in their place. And so he broke a loaf of bread. And what he did was he gave each one of them a piece and he said, hey, I want you to eat this bread. And as you eat this bread, I want you to remember me. This is my body that I'm gonna give for you. And then when they got finished eating, what he did was he poured a cup of a wine or a cup of juice as we, we like to call it in the, in the South. And he gave him a cup of wine and he said, hey, as you drink this cup of wine, I want you to know that this is my blood that's going to be poured out for you as a sign of the new covenant. And you said, Billy, well, what's the new covenant? Well, the new covenant is all about Christ being near to us, being in relationship with us. And so he's saying, this is my blood that I'm going to shed 
to draw near to you and to draw you near to me so that we can now be in a relationship. And one of the most intimate things that we can do as a Christian is take communion with our church family. And this is meant to be individual, but it's also meant to be communal. It's something that early on when Christians, even the early disciples, Christ instituted this and he says, hey, until I come back, you celebrate communion together. And so that's exactly what we're gonna do. So if you wanna go ahead and open it, if you already have it, on the very top, there should be a little wafer. And so together, as a church family, if you wanna take the bread, this is Christ's body given for you. You've made it. And this is Christ's blood spilled for you and I. Drink it. Let's pray together and we'll sing. Father, we're, we're so filled with gratitude. God, the fact that you would come from heaven to earth to draw near to us and draw us near to you. God, the fact that you would come from heaven to earth to not just teach us, but to show us the way. God, the fact that you would come and die in our place. Father, I pray we'd never be able to look at the story of the gospel and what we celebrate at Christmas and God, it not affect us deeply. So Father, as we celebrate Christmas this year, God, as we sing these Christmas songs and as we celebrate with our families, God, will we remember who you are and what you've done for us. And God, may it move us to live our lives differently, to live our lives, to become more like you. So Father, would you empower us to do that? Lord, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and worship?